Welcome back, guys and gals, to another episode of Southern Scrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas, back again. Uh, consecutive days, Tuesday, July 14, 2020. Here, once again, Charlotte, North Carolina. In the afternoon, it is around 1.30. Here, uh, just hot as a motherfucker, just trying to get that um, breakdown in for y'all. And we'll go over some news that came out in the past 48 hours since I did a, or 24 hours since I did a podcast. Um, that being said, you know, we have the fighters fighting tomorrow. Calvin Cater, Dan Inge on wait for their main event tomorrow night. I'm super excited about that too. Uh, but we've also got some announcements, just some back and forths, some rumors or potential matchups that have people excited. We'll definitely go on for around 30 minutes or so, nothing too long today. I'm really not going to be breaking down anything too crazy because as far as the fights are concerned, there's nothing that stands out too much. That main event, though, is uh, there's a lot to talk about for that because the La main evento is... It's two fighters that have kind of the opposite... They have the opposite criticisms, right? And then uh, you have a couple. You have a featherweight fight that's that's nice, but um, Abdul Razak Alassan, uh, Molly McCann, Cody Stadman, Jeremy Rivera, Tim Elliott, Ryan Benoit, all these all these cats and kitty cat all these cats, I guess. I mean, uh, genderless. Yeah, so when it comes to news as far as this fight card com- is concerned, Jared Gordon, who is fighting on the prelims, actually lost his whole entire team due to coronavirus, uh, his whole corner. So Paul Felder is going to be leaving the broadcast booth, I think, mid-fight or at least for that fight to go corner him. They're teammates, so it's not like, you know, it's not like Michael Bisping or some random announcer is going to be... Uh, Cornering him, it's a t- former teammate, or I guess current teammate. So, some, it'll at least be someone that he recognizes and respects as far as advice goes. So, hopefully, it'll help him out. You don't really need that many people. Uh, one coach is fine. I mean, all the, and you saw it with Jorge Masvidal. Like, he didn't have Mike Brown in, that, in the corner. And I don't think not having Mike Brown in your corner is going to, or at least for Masvidal, I was going to fuck him up. We'll see with Jared Gordon. I'm sure he's fine. He's fought so many times. I'm sure he'll be okay. Uh, as far as rumors have it, uh, fights that might be be getting put together is Gil, or Colby Covington versus, versus Tyron Woodley. And then that Pedro Munoz versus Frankie Edgar fight has been moved to UFC 252, which, for those that don't know, is going to be headlined by Stipe versus Cormier 3. And that whole card itself is jam-packed. You got the return of Junior Dos Santos, as well as the return of Jarzinho Rosenstruck in the co-main event. Then you got the rematch of Magomed. And Kalev versus Ayan Kutalaba. 
You have uh, Pedro Munoz versus Frankie Edgar, like I stated before. And in a bantamweight matchup, you've got rising star Sean O'Malley versus just beast Marlon Chitovera. You're talking about a guy who's racking up the win streaks, taking fights on short day notice or a couple days notice or weeks notice, if you will. Uh, and then on top of that, he's now going to be fighting. Oh, no, no. He had that fight with Song Yadong that didn't go his way, even though we all thought he won that fight. But Sean O'Malley and I think Cheeto Vera, they were supposed to fight. So, yeah, they're grudge, they have a grudge match set. <laughs> fight sports. Check out Char- Sean O'Malley, Marlon Vera, grudge fight set for grudge fight. Oh, clearly. Clearly in the sports, in the sport realm, even though they've got, well, fight sports all over the name, fight whatever. Okay. So why don't we get into, or actually let's look and see if there's anything else. The return of Bellator, you're going to have a matchup between uh, Sergio Pettis versus Ricky Bendejas, which is a hell of a fight. Mm-hmm. Mm. UFC bantamweight contender Marlon Moraes tests positive for coronavirus. That's crazy that that just came out because another rumor was that Marlon Moraes versus Cody Garbrandt in the works for maybe a September return. Kenneth Bourne. Is he supposed to fight on his card? So I, I'm, it's, it's hard. I'm trying to like make sure I'm getting all the right people because there's two car, there's two fights this weekend, right? Or there's one fight this weekend or tomorrow, and then there's a fight this weekend. So it's like I see some people getting pulled off of cards and stuff. And I'm like, is it for this one or for the next one? Oh, Marlon Rice accepts positive or test positive for COVID after accepting Cody Garber in fight. John Jones is bulking up, obviously. He wants to fight heavyweight. Trying to get that money. Hori Masvidal back to training. Uh, He put up a video of him riding his bike. Oh, Jorge... Masvidal um, uh, versus Usman, reportedly UFC 251, reportedly banks 1.3 million pay-per-view buys, which is close to, um, if not the exact same, to Conor versus Khabib. Now, each fighter didn't make, if I could get the numbers, I'll show you the numbers, but it's, Usman made like half a million dollars. And Jorge Masvidal didn't even make that much. He I think it's fucked up. I think it's fucked up that they get paid shit. And clearly, obviously I mean, during this time, yeah, uh, I mean it's not Connor. And Connor and Khabib, they got paid what they were worth. And the fact that they're not getting paid what they're worth, and uh, I can't say anything because I don't know the the I don't know. What's the word for it? I don't know the logistics of Jorge's new contract that he signed, but they should see some, you know, they should see something from them. 
like they should still see something as far as mon- uh, monetary wise goes for all those numbers. He labels Jorge Masvidal a massive star, but like that's cool. I want to see. I want to see you, like, put your money where your mouth is. He's a big star, so pay him big star money. The issue is I can't see the contracts that Jorge, that Jorge signed. So maybe he is putting up all the money that you're thinking about, but it's just in a contract that the public can't see. I think everyone should get paid. I mean, it's crazy that people aren't getting paid. odd tis odd alright so that's bjpen.com what we got in MMA junkie what Masvidal does with his drawing power is crucial well I mean he got a so he got a six fight deal I think is what he signed so he's got anything Yeah, five fights that he can do whatever he like. He can fight the guys that would make him the most money, and there's plenty of guys. I think the Leon Edwards rematch is the first thing that you need to do. You get that rematch, or not rematch, but you get that grudge going because you know, like my friend said, you can you can just play that that clip of the three piece and soda all day every day for six weeks. Then after that, depend if he wins, then maybe you give him another title shot, or you give him a if Connor's back, you give him a money fight. But he's in a nice area. He's in a nice weight weight class where he can also be the inaugural. He can also set up the inaugural one sixty five pound weight class, right? No one's talking about this, but. Sorry, guys. Just a little bit of the itis. Um, no one's really talking about this, but he's in that in-between weight where I'm sure he can make 165. He just needs the right fight. He gets the right fight. You got yourself a 165-pound division. You call it a catch weight. Maybe you get a 155-er that's a little bit too small for a 170 fight, Connor, and too big or, like, you know, that in-between. There's a lot of fighters like that. Kevin Lee, Connor, Donald, like all of those guys. He's already fought Donald. I just think it would be a great opportunity for him and another fighter to test it out. And since he is that Connor money, he can do what he feels is going to make him the most money. And in turn, everyone's going to tune in to watch. Anytime Masvidal fights, I love to watch. And now everyone's get it. And now everyone's on that board. So, yeah. Okay, so let's continue on and just talk about the main and talk about the card. Uh, Colby doesn't want to fight him. Uh, Colby's my legacy won't be defined by fighting a journeyman like him. That's fine. You can call him whatever you want, but I don't know if it's since Colby's still playing his game and maybe there isn't really any bad blood between them. It's more of a publicity stunt, so Colby can keep playing the bad guy. Um, and maybe deep down they actually don't want to fight each other. And that's, you know, that's the reason why Cody, uh, Colby's going after Woodley. Uh, Masvidal hasn't really even talked about fighting Colby. 
or if he did, he says what he needs to say, and then he kind of just moved on from it, and it's fine. Like I don't, I don't mind the WWE mentality of it if that's how they want to make money, and that's fine. That's I don't really care to see that fight. What we saw with Usman and Masvidal, it's gonna be a lot of that. It's just gonna be a lot of Colby trying to take Usman or Masvidal down. Uh, maybe successfully, maybe not successfully, but the fights that seem exciting are a lean on Edwards fight. Uh, him with a striker. He with any striker would be great. He wants a rematch with Damian Maya. I think I don't think that's great. He wants a rematch with Woodley. I think that'd be a great fight. Or w- Wonder Boy. That'd be awesome. So you just got to give the guy fights that people want to pay to see. People still paid to see him fight Usman, and he gave the people at least his side of what he could do. It's like a Nate Diaz effect, right? He fights Nate Diaz, he takes his clout, and then makes it his own. He's Nate Diaz in a way. He's like Nate Diaz with better striking and wrestling. Jiu-jitsu maybe not so much, but he's that. he has that pop as far as popularity goes. And his fighting style is exciting. So if you can get anyone that can just like match up with that back and forth, um, you know, I mean, you see this picture of him throwing an overhand right on Usman. And Usman's throwing a punch of his own, but you see Masvidal's eyes are just watching Usman the whole entire time. And Usman's eyes are closed because Usman, as much as he's a UFC fighter and a champion, like, it takes years to, it, it takes years to perfect striking into a way where Masvidal can just, he can feel so confident and calm in a situation like that. I mean, Usman's got perfect defense. He's got, he's got his hand, like, he's got everything perfect. Not perfect, but it's better situation than Masvidal. It's just the fact that Masvidal's eyes are open, so his defense can be a little bit more relaxed in the hand positioning. Where, yeah, of course Usman has to keep that hand up because his eyes are closed. It's hard to find the target if your eyes are closed. Amanda Hebus does a great job of that. You gotta watch if you watch her. Maybe not in this last fight, or not in this last fight, but if you watch a previous fight, she like over exaggerates opening her eyes. It's great. It's how you keep sharp. Okay, so let's get into some news about the only thing that's coming up is the fact that Abdul Raz because this guy hasn't fought recently. Abdul Razak Alasan um, came in three pounds heavy today. I think the fight's still on. Uh, but thirty per, the purse twenty percent of the purse is going to his opponent, Maurier Lazay Lazez Lazez the sniper. Let's see what this guy can bring to the table. He trains out of Brazil and the Noguera team. He fought for. I'm gonna assume this is jungle fight. No, Phoenix? I don't know what that is. LFA? He's going to come to bring it. Um, Oh, Brave. Uh, He just looks like he's got a lot of pressure. He looks... I mean, he looks like a Noguera fighter. Um, In a way where it's a lot of... uh, It's great crisp boxing. I'm sure his jiu-jitsu is fantastic. So he's just, man, he's a killer. I like, this dude's wild. The, the, the thing about this guy 
is it's going to only take one from Abdul. And if this guy pressures him, um, it could be it could be a long night for, especially. I mean, he's coming off of a layoff. This guy's awesome. Damn. Probably gonna put all my money on this guy. If I were y'all, I'd put your money on this guy, but let's bring up Bovado. So I'm going over the UFC fight night 172 card. Oh, he's the underdog. Dude, I'd put money on this. I'd put money on this newcomer. An underdog, worth it. Molly McCann, always fun to watch. Uh, Molly McCann is the meatball, Molly McCann. Let's see what Talia Santos brings to the table. Um, they probably... Um, this is a knockout. I don't know what team she comes out of. Invicta. I guess she's an Invicta fighter. Is she a leg lock? Let's go. Oh, no, no, no. So, this girl tries to leg lock her. She does the right things to defend. Relatively does the right things to defend. This is a weird knockout. She's like sitting on her while this girl's trying to go for a leg lock and is just punching her in the face. It is odd. Gets full mount. Oh, just a TKO. All right, well, I'm definitely going with Molly McCann on that one. That's all you're going to give me. Okay. Sounds good. Molly McCann for sure. Now, this Jimmy Rivera versus Cody Staneman fight is the fight that I am very interested in because these are both bantamweights. Cody Staneman definitely has the size to go up to featherweight, but he said in his last fight that he was like, listen, I, I've got T-Rex arms. It's going to be hard for me to fight in featherweight, but if he got since he got the he got the call to fight Jimmy Rivera who used to be a Bantamweight. Now they're kind of at the same size, so there's no size in it. I mean, Cody Salmon's a little bigger. Even arm length. Jimmy Rivera's got a four-inch reach advantage on him. Uh, Jimmy Rivera has a great takedown defense. Cody Salmon stated that he doesn't feel as though Jimmy is has gotten better. 
he's a one-dimensional fighter. I don't think that's the way to think about it. I do think Cody Stanneman's explosiveness and tenacity is going to help, definitely help him out and put Jimmy Rivera on the back foot. However, Jimmy Rivera is really sneaky, and his striking isn't something to take lightly. Um, so I, as far as Jimmy Rivera being the, the favorite, I understand that, but Cody Stanneman's coming off of a decision win over uh, two decisions uh, one decision over Brian Keller. You got a draw over Song or a draw with Song Yadong, and uh, he got a decision win over Alejandro Perez. So, uh, quality of fighter, like it makes sense that he's getting this. I don't. Under, I mean, I guess Jim Rivera. He's coming off a loss to Petter. He's coming off of like. He's coming off two losses in a row. So if you're Cody, you're coming off of that that real, you know, barn burner of a fight with Brian Kelleher and then the death of your brother and just you're kind of on fire as far as the ball is rolling. Like it's like you get this win, it's all fucking golden for you going forward. But it's up to Jimmy Rivera to be the the stop in that hype train. Not necessarily hype train, but you gotta stop that winning streak. And in doing so, stopping that winning streak is going to help him. Um, stopping that winning streak is going to definitely help him move forward, or stopping the winning streak and then stopping his own losing streak is going to help him get back into that rankings. Because you know he was up there for a little bit. Then those two losses to Petr Jan, Aljamain Sterling, like, set you back a little bit. All right. So then you got Tim Elliott versus Ryan Benoit. Uh, Tim Elliott coming off of a. A loss, very quick loss to, or not quick loss, I guess a second round submission to Brandon Rivola. Uh, that fight was going great for the first round for him. He, he just expended a lot of energy trying to go for takedowns and submission and transitions. And his style is very, it's very energy consuming. So he expended a lot of it in the first round. He kind of just like burnt out. But it's like, that's why I kind of like Ryan Benoit in this fight. Much as he's "quote unquote" the baby face guy, he he has fought in the UFC a, a lot. Um, he has a knockout of Sergio Pettis. He lost to Ben Wynn. Then he won against Freddie Serrano. Then he lost to Brandon Moreno. Then he won. And then he lost. Oh, so he might win this one. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, you know. So one, you know, win one, lose one. So like I said, Tim Elliott's coming off a loss to Brent Rola. He's coming off of two losses, actually, to Askar, Askarov. I saw that fight, so I should have known that. Three losses to Davison Figueredo. And his last win was against Mark De La Rosa. So he's going to have to, I mean, pull it together. As far as betting, I bet it's... No, that's it. It's even. I'd go with Ryan Benoit. Okay. And in the co-main event, we have a match. Oh, no. In the main event, we have a great matchup. We have a matchup between Calvin Cater and Dan Inge. Both these guys are coming off of wins. Uh, Dan Inge coming off of a- two close wins. Well, one of them was close. The other one, not so. The win against Edson Barbosa was relatively close. Um, 
Um, but he always says that he takes the second round off. He's trying to fix that. Um, and it's one of those moments where if he goes in there and he fixes what he that if he fixes that mistake, not necessarily a mistake, but if he fixes that that lapse in his game, then I mean he, he's tough to he's tough to deal with for three rounds. That first round he comes out hot, hot, hot. Second round kicks a little bit off, comes back out third round, hot, hot, hot. It's a good strategy because you can get the you can get the win early for the eyes of the judges. And then in the third round, you can get the win in the eyes of the judges, and it kind of just helps you maintain that. In a five-round fight, though, I'm wondering what that's going to be like because now it's about conserving energy. Now maybe the intensity that you take for the first round, you spread it out between two rounds. Maybe you take the third round off. And then that energy that you would have expended in the third round, you spread it out between the fourth and fifth. As for Calvin Cater, he's the opposite. He's a late, he's a late starter. But he's starting to change that since his last fight with Jeremy Stevens. And we saw that second round. He gets that knockout. Starts speeding it up. He's been way more confident in his hands. He's starting to realize that all these fighters, these UFC fighters, don't have the same... They don't have the same boxing pedigree as he does. And when he lets his hands go, it is, it is a sight to behold. There's just these snaps. It's just You got these snaps and the, and the combinations are so crisp. You just see it. Bam, pop, pop. And he did it against Jeremy Stevens. Anytime Jeremy would throw, yeah, it's hard. But it didn't have the same fluidity and sharpness that Calvin Cater had when he threw those combination, those boxing combinations. And with a guy like Mark Delagrati and training in Boston with that team, um, sits on Pion, I forget the name of the gym, but, you know, just constantly working on those Muay Thai skills, adding it to his hands, he's going to be something, he's going to be very hard to deal with. And now that he's finishing people earlier than he expected, I don't, I mean, to me, it's only up from here. Like, he, in my mind, beat Zabit, right? Uh, was trending to beat Zabit if it was five rounds. And the guys that he did beat, to me, are more in... And this is kind of where Dan Inge is going to have to really solidify his status of where he stands. If he beats Calvin Cater, he's along the same lines as a Zabit, uh, a Hinata Moikayo, right? He's in the top four, top five as a fighter, in the featherweight division. If Calvin dispenses it, of dispenses of Dan, then you're looking at um, a rematch possibly was to beat, or you're looking at just title contending fights. Because the featherweight division, it's kind of backed up right now because they've got a lot of fights that want to happen and a lot of fights that um, they're looking to do. But after this championship fight where you had Volkanovski just, you know, take the, the, take the fight from Max, I guess. Calvin Cater's sitting there at 6. Dan Inigay's at 10. Obviously, if Dan, he beats him, and then it's all top five guys for him. Um, now, for Calvin, that just kind of keeps his spot where it is. And then if I'm Calvin, I'm trying to get a fight with, like, Yair, to be honest. Um, 
and then let Brian Ortega, Chance Sung Jung do their thing, and then gives the beat the Max Holloway fight that we've all been waiting for. Or Calvin versus Max Holloway. I mean, if I'm Calvin, I'm beating, yeah, I'm beating, uh, I'm beating Dan. I'm trying to get a shot with Max or try to get that rematch with Zabit. And then third, I guess you could do a year fight. You know, call him out, be like, uh, let's get a five rounder that we've all, that we've all wanted. All right. So that's the fights for tomorrow. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. That's pretty much all I have. Uh, yeah, 30-minute episode for you. Uh, I'll be back Thursday. Yeah, I'll come back Thursday morning, and we'll do one on... We'll talk about the fights, and then I'll break down UFC Davidson Figueiredo versus Joseph Benavides 2. It's crazy that they're doing that. Um, it's got some good fights on it. I mean, you got Jack Hermanson versus Kelvin Gastelum. You got the return of Mark DeCasey versus... Tiger Muay Thai coach uh, Rafael Fees. Guy's real cool. Um, did a couple classes with him. He's a badass. And then the return of Askar Ansaroff. Uh, it's a flyweight delight as far as that main card goes. Return of Joe Duffy. That's cool. Brett Johns. It's a lot of good fights this weekend as far as Dabi Hamos. Abu Dhabi favorite. There's a lot to watch, and it'll be a good card, and especially one to break down. So, that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed today's, um, oh, hold on, actually, for you, for you, before I go, Calvin Cater is the favorite. Um, all right, so I hope you guys t- enjoyed today's episode. If you guys want more, go to SouthernScrapNation.com. That's SouthernScrapNation.com. You can follow that and more. You can look on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, all your listening devices, podcasts, app, whatever it may be. I am there and I will be back Thursday for another episode and triple up for you guys since I missed a couple days. Not this week, but last week. Um, Once again, sunscrapnation.com for anything more and you can reach me there. So I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the fights tomorrow and stay safe. Peace.